Amen. There is power in that name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Even the devil himself flees at the very name of Jesus. Today we're going to be looking at facing the giants. I mentioned to you last week this might be for you. You might have giants in your life or maybe you know someone that you can help if it's not you. But I believe that there are times that we have giants in our life. I want to ask you the couple of questions as we get started this morning. Does it ever seem that as soon as God has done a mighty deed in your life that a giant appears? It always seems that after God has done something miraculous that the giants appear. And that's where we are at this morning as we begin looking at this. Giants seem to come in the way of receiving God's full blessing. God has blessings in store for us, and sometimes we get a little piece of it. And then there's a giant, and if we don't deal with those giants, we will never receive the full blessing of God. What are some of these giants? One of them might be called the giant of fear. Another one might be called the a giant of a repetitive sin in your life that you just cannot seem to get a hold of. You do everything in your power to combat this sin. You go to the Lord and you ask for forgiveness and you repent and you return, but it always seems to return. I believe that is a giant in our life. And we could go down list and list of more of giants. Each of you know what that giant might be. And today I want us to leave here with a plan of facing the giants in our life. And you know Joshua, good old Joshua that we've been talking about the last few weeks, he had giants in his life. Joshua had to face his giant or he would fail to receive what God had given him. He would have fallen short of what God had called him to do. And I believe that's the same thing in our life, church. If we don't face our giants, that we will fall short of what God has called us to do. And that's to be victorious. To bring glory and to bring honor to his name. You know, as soon as the Israelites, under Joshua's leadership, they had just finished coming out of the wilderness, he had told them to take up, they went across the Jordan. Once again in their life, God performed a miracle, parted the water, and the Israelites moved across the Jordan River and faced a giant immediately. Their goal of crossing the Jordan was to conquer Canaan, was to conquer the promised land. And as soon as they come across the Jordan, but what did they face? A walled city called Jericho. A giant between them and the victory of taking promised land. Jericho was walled mightily with warriors on the inside, stood right in their way. And there are three aspects to facing the giant that Joshua had to do 
if he wanted to conquer this giant. And when we do these things, it opens the door for God to work in our lives. And I believe all of us sitting in here today would say, we want God to work in our life. Amen? If not, then we need to talk afterwards, please. But we need to do these things. Let's take our Bible and open to Joshua chapter 6. As we move through the gleanings of the life of Joshua, facing the giants, once you have turned to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1, would you please stand in honor of God's Word? Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. God's Word reads, Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out, and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpeter, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Father, I thank you that as we encounter giants in our life, Lord, as we face those giants, that you don't leave us ignorant. You don't leave us helpless. You don't leave us alone. But Father God, you show us in your word exactly what we need to do to face the giants. Father God, today I ask that you would continue to help me to empty myself before you. Father God, that you would fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. That, Father, that you and you alone would speak through me. And that, Father, you would open our eyes and our ears and our heart to hear from you. Father, may each one hear you correctly and clearly today. Father, as you talk to us about facing the giants. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. Facing the giants. Remember I told you there's three aspects of this. And there's three things that we need to do if we're going to face the giants in our life. We've been looking at the gleanings from the life of Joshua and we've talked about the grasshoppers and how to get rid of those in our life. We've talked about what it is like to live successfully the Christian life. And part of that as we grow and expound on that is as a Christian we will face giants in our life. I must tell you that as a a messenger of the gospel that it's not a hunky-dory life 
as a believer. Yet there is joy and there is hope in our life, but it seems so often that when God works in our life and he performs miracles, that Satan wants to come in and combat that, and he wants to put a giant right in front of us. Israel crossing through the Jordan face giant number one, Jericho, standing in their way of proclaiming what God has already given them. So what must we do? First of all, we need to meet with God. If we're going to face a giant, church, we need to meet with God. Look there at Joshua chapter 5. Just go up a couple of verses, beginning in verse 13. And listen. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Listen to the way this man responded. He said, No. Rather, I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. How did Joshua get over to Jericho? We're not exactly sure. There's not that part of Scripture to tell us. But it does tell us that Joshua was over there and he was probably walking around. Maybe he was taking a look and sizing up Jericho. We don't know. It's not what's important here. But what's important is that when he looked up, there was a man. A man with a sword. The sword of judgment. Judgment against Jericho. Who was this man? It's believed when you study all of Scripture that this man was Jesus appeared here to Joshua as Joshua is looking square in the face of his giant the first thing Joshua had to do was meet with God Joshua asked a question what do we usually do when we come before God there's a giant before us and we want to go to the Lord so Joshua asked a question what does he say there verse 13 are you for us or for our adversaries? What a question. Or basically, are you for me or are you for them? Choose a side. Who are you for? That's kind of how we are. But this man responded in verse 14. He said, no. Well, what is no? I asked you two questions. Are you for us or are you for them? No. I'm not for you and I'm not for them, is what he's saying. He said, rather I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. Joshua asked the wrong question at first. Me or them? Pick or choose. You know, God's not for, God is. Amen. 
and God came, and we believe when you look at all of this, that the city of Jericho has had opportunity to repent. They have refused, and now God is about to bring judgment on the city of Jericho, the giant that is facing Joshua. Not only did Joshua ask a question, but Joshua worshiped the Lord. When we meet with the Lord and we ask questions, we also need to worship the Lord. Look there again at verse 14. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? Joshua worshiped with attitude and action. What do I mean by that? Joshua bowed down. His attitude become humble before the Lord. And then his action stated, and you see there, what has my Lord to say to his servant? We know that Joshua is the servant leader of the Lord, but Joshua is saying here, God, I am your servant. What is it that you have for me? Maybe we could rephrase that a little bit different in today and basically say, if we're speaking to the Lord, Yes, Lord. What do you have for me to do? Is that not a bold statement? Yes, Lord. Whatever it is. Joshua saying, My Lord, to what does my Lord have to say to his servant? Joshua sought through his worship and through his meeting with God what it was that God would have him to do. Verse 15, we see there, the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, remove your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Does that verse sound remotely familiar to you? Remove your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy the leader before Joshua Moses one day was out about his normal daily life up in the mountains and wandering along wandering along as he moved and what did he see when he looked up but something got his attention a bush burning and that bush did not burn up Joshua walking around and a man caught his attention that wasn't previously there with the sword. It got his attention. Joshua did exactly what the Lord told him. He removed his sandals and he followed the instructions of the Lord. When we meet church with the Lord, we need to meet with God. We need to seek God. When we start by meeting God to face our giants, we need to seek God, we need to worship God, and we need to respond to God. You know, it does us no good to approach the throne in worship and seek what God has to say and do nothing with it. We have to respond. Not only do we need to meet with God, but we need to have a daily routine. Second thing there, we need to have a, a daily routine. If we're going to combat and face our giants, we need to have a daily routine. Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. 
So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Then he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go on before the Ark of the Lord. And it was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carried the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guards came after the ark while they continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you, Shout! Then you shall shout. So he and the ark of the Lord, so he had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once. Then they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Now Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. And the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus the second day they marched around the city once, and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Joshua had a routine of what he did. Joshua marched around the city every day for seven days. Did exactly what the Lord told him to do. Verse 7, it says, Then he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. And in verse 14, Thus the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did so for six days. Scripture tells us that Joshua got up early in the morning and he proceeded to do what the Lord told him to do day after day after day Joshua followed exactly we're going to march around the trumpets are going to be blown you're not to say a word just march around the city once here's our giant before us and all we're going to do is we're going to march around one time quietly then we're going to go back home to our camp tomorrow we'll come back and we'll do it again and again and again Joshua followed the daily routine. While I'm sure there were many obstacles and distractions for Joshua, his daily routine he pressed through. Can you imagine, just for a moment, place yourself, first of all, in the scenario of the Israelites following Joshua? Joshua's just given the command, we're going up against this armed city, it's high, tall walls. And I want you to not say a word. We're just going to march around one time, and we're going to come back. Can you imagine what you thought? What in the world has gotten into your mind? This is a wall-fortified city. It's standing in our way of the promised land. Joshua, you want me to be quiet and just walk around the city? 
Imagine that they began to complain. Maybe not at first, but maybe the second or the third day. Really, this is all we're going to do? Walk around a city? But every day, they kept up the routine. Imagine maybe for Joshua the ridicule that he got from those in Jericho. Can you imagine they're up on those high fortified walls with their violent warriors mocking? And you, you gonna say anything, do anything? You just gonna walk around? Keep it up? Ain't nothing gonna happen. We're mighty warriors. Can you imagine the defeat that Satan tried to bring into Joshua? But Joshua had a daily routine. And he kept on pushing forward. The first day, as I said, was probably okay. But as each day went, and they began to look after just two or three days, and nothing, nothing was happening. How many people you know set out first of the year? New Year's. We'll get rid of this. I'm going to exercise. Two or three days are pretty good if they get that far. But you know, just after a few days and nothing happens, they fall away. Maybe we've tried it in other areas of our life. But we need to have this daily routine. And for us today, we must have a daily routine in our lives. But let me share with you as we move forward. I'm not talking about your daily routine of getting up, eating breakfast, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, getting dressed. We're going to go to work. We're going to go home. We're going to do whatever we do because we're retired. We're going to sit back and do nothing. Not that routine, church. We're facing a giant in our life. We have got to meet with God. And then we need to have this daily routine in our lives. When the Lord is working on us, we must continue to the end. We must have a daily routine. First of all, what do we need in this daily routine? I want to give you three things. We need to renew our minds. Let's look at Romans 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 will be up there on the screen for you. It tells us, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If you're not waking up every day and meeting with God... And putting your mind in his scripture, you will not be successful at facing your giants. This is going to tell you it's not possible. This world bombards us all day long through Satan and other things, through news, through songs, through television. We are bombarded with sin in our life all the time. We've been bombarded telling us how to live a life that is opposite what God says and if you live your life with that and you do not renew your mind you will not succeed at being able to face a giant there's no way no how unless you're renewing your mind when you renew your mind then the Lord can work and I believe you need to do it first thing in the morning 
I'd recommend doing it in the evening before you go to sleep. We talked about that last week too. But if you want to be able to face a giant, not only do we have to renew our mind in this daily routine, we need to surrender daily, surrender daily to the Lord. Look at Matthew chapter 16. Let me just read it to you. Again, it'll be on the screen. Matthew 16, beginning in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We have to daily, in our routine, surrender to the Lord. The purpose of a believer, the moment we receive Christ, we're justified. And then we live out a life of sanctification. The purpose that we have on earth is to daily become a disciple of Christ, to follow after him, to become more like Christ. We will never, this side of heaven, be perfect. We will never be exactly like Christ, but our goal in life is to daily become more and more like Christ. And as we do that, the giants will come before us. But if we are meeting with God and we have a routine and we're renewing our mind and surrendering daily to the Lord, then I believe we have to persevere to the end. We've all tried this before. Let me have a routine in my life. Let me set forth to renew my mind in God's Word. Let me surrender to the Lord. God's working on me. I, I have a, a fear that I can't get rid of. I have a sin in my life I can't get rid of. God begins to work, and so often we fall short because we stop. Because you see, it's not our timetable. It's God's timetable that He works in. And God tells us that if we ask in His Son's name, that He will hear us and that He will answer. What is that talking about? If we are praying in God's will, and I believe God's will is He wants us to become more like Him. He wants us to be able to face these giants. But we have to keep going because life throws curveballs. They throw ridicule at us. Just as Joshua had faced in his day. Let's look at 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. He was writing, it says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. How long, if you're like me, you like all the details, how long must I persevere? Any of you know? Facing the giants, how long do I have to persevere? Let me just fill you in your entire life. Now, there are certain giants that pop up, and we persevere until we make our way through those. But then there's another one coming. 
We have to persevere our entire life. We have to face giants all of our life. We need to be meeting with God. We need to have a routine. You need to set up something in your life, and this routine needs to become, uh, I was going to maybe use the word habit, but I'm going to use routine because it's more than a habit. We need to have that in our life. If we don't have a routine, I promise you it won't happen. You're not just going to wake up and decide you want to do something, especially in the dark of night of a battle. In the thickness of the blackness of that sin that comes upon you. If you don't have a routine, Satan can easily get in that mind and get you off course. Not do we just need to meet with God. We don't just need to have a routine. But we need to let God deliver Listen, we need to let God deliver. Let's take a look there at Joshua chapter 6, verse 15. Then on the seventh day they rose early at the dawning of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you do not covet them and take some of these things under the ban and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and the gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, and priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Joshua obeyed the Lord. We've got to let God deliver, but Joshua obeyed the Lord. They've gone with his routine every day, marched around the city. On the seventh day, they're going to go march around this city seven times. And it says that God gave them the city. God took the victory, church. I believe that's exactly why God said, I need you to march around that city quietly. On the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. And then when you hear the sound, shout! Does that sound like a way to win victory against a walled city? Let me share with you just a little bit about walled cities in the day of Joshua. Coming from some people who study the culture and they give the background, it's kind of put this away. The walls in that time would have most likely been steep slopes of earth reaching to 50 feet tall at the foundations of the wall. A ditch around the outside dug to the bedrock 
This would have made it impossible to tunnel under the walls. The walls themselves would have been made of mud brick on stone foundations. These walls would have been 10 to 25 feet wide and perhaps 30 feet high. What in the world is walking around a wall like that? That's got nothing on Fort Knox. What in the world did they do walking around? Not a thing, but obedience and routine. They marched around the city and they shouted and the walls fell down flat. I've heard in the past I was trying to, to find it and couldn't find it in reading this week, but you, if someone was going to attack a city, they would come from the outside they would have battering rams and they would begin to hit the doors. They would begin to hit the walls to where the walls would fall in. These walls fell flat. These kind of walls, they're built on the bedrock. That's underneath the ground, the rock that cannot be penetrated. And yet they fell down flat. Joshua and the Israelites did nothing. They didn't attack the walls. They didn't attack the people verbally and try to scare them. They didn't knock down the doors. They did nothing but walk through. God did all the work. Amen? And he made sure that's what was known. God delivered it to them. We must allow God to deliver us. First of all, we cannot save ourselves. The first giant in anyone's life is salvation. You cannot have God's full blessing and everything that God has in store for you without salvation. John 6, says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. We must have salvation. We cannot save ourselves. And we cannot heal ourselves against sin. 1 John 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. We're able to overcome. We're able to face giants because of he who is in us. Not because of us. I promise you, you can try as hard as you want to. To face your giant on your own. And that giant will stay there and you will become smaller than a grasshopper as long as you continue on your own to fight it. When you decide you're ready to let God deliver you, then you can face your giant. Then you can give glory to God because when he works, we must give him glory to have victory in facing your giants. Here it is. We need to daily meet with God. We need to have a daily routine. And we must realize that God does the delivering and not us. Face the giants. There's only those three things. If you get those in order, starting meeting with God 
asking the questions, letting him speak to you. And then you form a daily routine. You have to renew your mind. You know, you begin to learn if one of your giants is a sin that's in your life that you cannot conquer, you will begin to learn if you watch that there are triggers. When you're tired, you need to be on guard. When you're hungry, you need to be on guard. And you need to definitely be on guard if you've had time away from the Lord. But when you get a daily routine in your life and you begin to fill your life with renewing your mind, it begins to push Satan out. And it opens the door for God to work. And then we have to realize that God does the delivering and not us. It doesn't matter how hard we try. We all have something in our life that's a giant. And we've tried and we've tried and we've tried. And guess where that giant is right now? Right there. Church, put this into action. I'm talking to myself as much as you this morning. I need to meet with God too. I need to form a a daily routine in my life. And I need to understand that it's not me that does the work. It's God. Face the giant tackle the giant walk around the city God does the work the walls fell flat and what does it say as we move on they went up the wall and into Jericho they took that giant and then the pathway was open to the promised land the fulfillment when we face our giant and we allow God to work we're able to move through and receive the fullest riches of God's blessing. Starting this very moment, church, let's commit to facing our giants. Would you stand with me and bow your heads?